0: Welcome to the weekly message from Rhema Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media. Okay, now we're going to... I'm going to share with you our series uh, we're going to talk about in actually January is called Difference Makers. And... um, things that make a difference in our life in 2017. So today I'm going to talk about an interesting subject called living without a fence. Now I'm not talking about the fence in the backyard, I'm talking about living without a fence. I think that in 2016 and now we've moved to 2017, Jesus is coming very soon. I believe so. And he's calling on us as the body of Christ to be the real light in the world in this this world which has so much fear and darkness. So there are things we're going to look at over this month in regards to how we walk in 2017 to be able to come to that stage of being the light, to being the true representative of Jesus. So, our first, um, I'd like you to turn to Philippians 1. This is, this um, verses, uh, I've been meditating on these verses for a long time. And I know that um, Pastor Tony and Patsy have talked about offence just recently, but this has been on my heart for quite a few months. Um, And I want to just share with you what's on my heart in regards to this. Philippians 1, 9 to 11 says, And this I pray, and this was Paul praying to the Philippians, but I think it applies to us as well. You can apply it to yourself. And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and in all discernment, that you may approve things that are excellent. Excellent. That you may be sincere and without offence till the day of Christ. That's Jesus' return. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are, by Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. I'm sure that this prayer we can apply to us because I'm I'm sure that we can say that we need to walk and improve in our love walk. All of us. And I'm preaching to myself as well, so don't think that I'm just preaching you guys that I'm perfect. Sorry, I'm not. So it's not an issue of asking God, give me more love, because the word of God says that his love has been shed abroad in our hearts. By the Holy Spirit. And that's Romans 5.5. So it's not a, a matter of doing that. As we grow and abound more and more in love, we grow in knowledge and discernment. Learning to identify and approve the things that are excellent. Do you get that one? As we walk in God's love and we grow we then become more aware of what is excellent, of how to walk, how to deal with each other in relationships, how to address issues. It's a a matter of having um, what we call it uh, discernment of what is productive in your life and what is not. And I suppose as you get older, you kind of meditate on those things and you, when you come face a situation, you kind of, well we hope so, in some cases we do, we weigh up, is it worth it? Is it worth it, the challenge? Is it worth getting offended? <clears throat> we need to have good sense about love. You know, as it says there in Philippians, it says, And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that we may approve the things that are excellent. The word discernment, <coughs> in, some, in some Bible Bibles, versions, it's called judgment. But it's not the judgment we're talking about when you judge, don't judge, or you'll be judged. But it's to do with discerning and judging and, and, and uh, having, making sense. You know, the, the word that word discernment means sense. God wants you to, and I to have some sense. You know, when we became a Christian, uh, God never told us to leave our brain out. You know, in, in Romans 12, it says, uh, didn't say be ye transform, transformed by the renewing, by the removing of your brain, but by, what is it? the renewing of your mind. That's right. So it's not the... We we certainly operate with our minds and, and we operate in our spirit. God gave us a brain and he wants us to think in line with the word of God, to work out things in line with the word of God, which, of course, that's a reprogram, talking about reprogram our minds to the word. Sometimes we... Um, From our old self, we have ways of thinking and ways of doing which is not in line with God's word. But God wants us to discern and know what is right. Is this understandable? Is this sounding okay? Okay. Just lost my place. That's good. Um, Because I put my finger on the edge of my iPad and it jumps to a certain page. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, technology. So in discernment, we are there to approve the things which are excellent. In other words, we need to test things. We need to prove things that we may be sincere and without offence till the day of Christ. Now, in 1 Thessalonians 5, which I didn't give you upstairs there, it says, test all things, hold fast to what is good. Now, what God's calling us to do is to take hold of the things which are excellent, in line with God's word. We need to examine how we can live this Christian walk without offence, and that's a challenge for all of us. I'm talking to myself as well, you know, because the uh, offence, I call it the great separator. Okay? When you become offended, there's things you do. You separate yourself from the person you are offended with. It could be your spouse, your child, someone at work. It could be someone in the congregation. It's a separator, but also it separates us in some way from God in some way because of the offence we've taken. So I call it the great separator. Offence is the great separator in relationship. It is a hard issue where we disengage ourselves from someone because we're offended. And of course, throughout life, we're gonna have many opportunities to be offended. Daily, yeah. So, it's a decision we make, what do we do when a situation comes up where, hey, I could be offended over that. Someone may say something to you and you've taken it the wrong way, they've done something, and before you know it, huh, I'm offended about that. Or you may say something to someone else and they've taken it the wrong way and you become an offence to them. The sad thing about it when we talk about it in our churches, we are the church that represents God, we are to walk in His love. That offence happens in our churches. Now, is that true or am I? is it just only with me? Do you get offended? I get offended sometimes in situations. Sorry? The opportunity. I do get offended too. I do get offended sometimes and I have to deal with it like you do. But there are many opportunities. But that's not what God wants for us. That's not God's best. We are a family. Each one of you here belong to, if you know Jesus as your Lord, a part of the family. And if we see the big picture of who we are, what we have in Christ Jesus, and our future, some of the stuff we get offended over, when we put it in the balance, it's not not worth a thing about It's not worth the worry. It's not worth the effort. So today I'm just going to be talking about offence, You feeling okay out there? You're very quiet. But it's a thing we deal with in our lives because we're human and it's sometimes, or frequently, we have opportunities to be offended. So I've got a definition here of offended. It means uh, resentful or annoyed, typically as a result of a perceived insult. Offence, the condition of being offended, is brings hurt feelings and anger and resentment being offensive yourself or for myself is giving an offense is by being irritating annoying insulting even attacking someone hurting someone's feelings well the impact of offense paul points out the importance of living in harmony and i believe throughout all of the Gospels, you'll see the message of how to be successful in our relationships with each other as the body of Christ. And even outside, that we to walk in love. Hebrews 12 14 and 15, where in courage it says, pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Well, these are strong words. Looking carefully, or discerning, that word discerning again, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. God desires us to be without offence until the day of Jesus Christ. When offence comes, there is always a reason. Of course, there's always a reason. And we know typically the devil's in working in behind, especially in the body of Christ. He wants us to misrepresent God in our lives by not living by love. And he loves to get involved. Satan would love nothing more than to take some circumstance, some interaction we have had with somebody, some relationship and cause offence to take root. It is vital as a church for 2017 to think and discern and to walk in God's love and not in offence. God is calling us in these days to be truly his ambas- ambassadors, not to misrepresent him in our daily walk, to truly show the world love, God's love. So it's, uh, Satan sends, sets up you know, uh, situations and, and causes us to be angry, for he knows exactly how to push our buttons. You know, we come across a situation and there's a decision we make. Will I or won't I be offended? How dare they say that to me? What will I do about it? You know, Satan sets these things up. If you understand when you do trapping animals or I think of fishing as well, that's all I can relate to, it's more like fishing. But you know, when you have a trap, there's two things you need. Firstly, that the trap is hidden, and secondly, there's a bait. It's hidden, and there is a bait. Satan incorporates both these things, these strategies, as he lays out his deceptive traps, hidden and baited. He magnifies incidents and makes them appear to be much more important than they really are. As I said, and that's why we need to stop and think about the big picture. You know, and some, some of the things we get offended over are so trivial. So trivial in line with who we are. If we have a, a picture of who we are in Christ, what we have in our future... I think we'd be less likely to get offended. A person can make a simple mistake and the devil tells you, they did that on purpose, just to knock you. Ever thought that? I have. Just to offend me, they did that just to get me upset. Or they forgot to, they forgot, they left me out of the communication because you know, they don't like me, I'm offended. All those things. we have those things crossing our minds all the time. Although the Holy Spirit tries us, tries to tell us, say, "Just keep your mouth shut." situation like that. Just keep your mouth shut. But we like to tell, "You know what that person did to me?" You know. I'm offended, how dare they do that? And of course, that's something which Jesus doesn't want us to do. We do that to support our position of who we are and what we have, it's to do with pride, maybe selfishness. Our decisions, when it comes to offence, our decisions in these situations impact you, in your life and it impacts others. We have a responsibility, you yeah? know. With great freedom we have in Christ, we also have a responsibility. Our opinions can affect the other people's opinions. You have situations where someone's been offended, they talk to someone else, one of their friends, and they said that person is rude, that person is you know what they did? So that, the person they've told picks that, that offence up and says, whoa, okay. And then they view that person exactly the same way. And that's where things are not good. There's that gossip. gossip. The devil uses these offences to bring strife even into the church. He wants to divide us. He hates us. He does not want us to be successful. He does not want us to be God's representative so that we can go and minister to other people and show them God's love. He doesn't want that to happen. I think probably more damage has been done by a spirit of offence than any other thing. And I would say it's one of the believers' number one enemy is offence. It opens the door to strife that few know how to deal with. The Bible clearly states that we are to forgive those who hurt us quickly and frequently. Our insecurities can lead to offence which is like a poison that affects every area of our lives. I suppose what I'm saying here is that over the many years I've ministered in churches and been involved in churches, I've seen wonderful people who have great callings on their life get offended and leave the church, never to return. There were some statistics uh, a few years ago I heard, but I can't verify it, that there are 40,000 people in Brisbane. Who have, been, who have left the church offended, who not, don't no longer come to church because of offence. I don't want anybody in this place to leave because you are needed. There's a call on each one of your lives to serve him and to, to fill what God has, your destiny in him. So for me... As I said, it's a hard issue. I've, I've seen many people offended and turn away. I remember a situation where I have, uh, we ministered together, uh, another pastor ministered together. with We ministered together uh, as associates of another church and things didn't turn out exactly right. They got This minister and his family were so offended, they left the church and they had such a wonderful... Anointing on their lives, they are no longer serving God. And just recently, they separated his wife and himself through all through offense. So, maybe this is a word, a strong word, but I think it's important as we go into 2017 to look at, examine our lives to see. How we walk and to discern what is good and what is not in our behavior, in our interaction with each other. Peace can only be maintained and offense kept out by being led by the Holy Spirit and doing the Word of God. We used to say, How would Jesus handle this situation? What would Jesus do? when we come across a situation, let's, we are, as he is, so are we in this earth. We're representing him. You know, Paul advised the Galatian church regarding offense in Galatians 5, 14 and 15. It says, for the whole law concerning human relationship, this is in the Amplified, the classic Amplified, uh, for the whole law concerning human relationships is compiled in the one precept, you shall love your neighbour as you do yourself. But if you bite and devour one another in partisan strife, be careful that you and your whole fellowship are not consumed by one another. Paul's instruction is quite clear, isn't it? Be careful concerning the problems and offences and strife it spreads and it can impact our church we all desire god's presence in this place don't we we desire i desire that god's manifestation manifested presence is stronger and stronger in our family in our church in our lives is that right do you want that i do too And I think that this is a thing that we have to examine ourselves in regards to strife, that we don't walk in strife and in offence. In Hebrews 4.15, the word teaches for us to divide rightly, again, discerning between good and evil. And it says, but solid food is for full-grown or mature people. For those whose senses and mental faculties are trained by practice to discriminate and distinguish, that's discernment—between between what is morally good and noble and what is evil and contrary, either to divine or human law. Wow. Again, you see these verses I, picked, I found in, in the word about us, encouraging us, to be able to discern in our Christian walk that we are not reactive. We're responsive when we're dealing with people. You know, being reactive is that we snap at when someone says something or someone has done something. We react. And that's not what God wants us to do. Now, the fruit of offence, of course, offence develops fruit, And it's hurt, anger, outrage, jealousy, resentment, strife, bitterness, hatred, and envy. But we are encouraged to walk by the Spirit, aren't we? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Wow. I'm, I'm talking to myself. I'm talking to myself, people. I'm talking to myself as well as you. So don't get offended. <laughs> so how, how, how does offence come? Some of the ways offence comes by not accessing or operating in God's love that's in us. Because it's been, we have God as born-again Christians. We, are, we have God's love in us that genuine love. Philippians 1, again, we talk about it, says, and this I pray that your love may abound. It's there. He's talking about that love is there and he wants it to abound more and more. I believe in 2017, it's time as believers, and I'm, I'm talking about you guys and myself in this church, to start to walk in love and unity together. Because we want to see God's hand working in this church and able to touch the lives of others outside. But if we're fighting between us or having offence, it minimises uh, our ability to do that. <clears throat> it's really easy to d- see other people's imperfections. Is that right? We see them even in it, me or in our pastors. We're all human, but God wants us not to be offended. We're all human, but he wants us to walk in love. Offence comes from not knowing the word and our authority. Psalm 119.165 says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. And also our authority, you know, in Luke ten nineteen it says, Behold, I give it you authority to tread on the serpents and scorpions and over all the authority of the enemy. So we do have authority in the name of Jesus. To stand when those times comes, when Satan comes alongside us and gives us the opportunity to take hold of offense, and we can stand in our authority and say, "No, I will not be offended. I will walk in love." It says, "And nothing shall by any means hurt you." The righteous are not offended, and the righteous, as we walk in love. We'll not, we don't take on hurt, we don't need to take, be hurt. The example I have of my grandchildren, I have some of them say, look, oh, so-and-so said this about me, they said I'm stupid or I'm this, I'm that. I said, well, are you? And they say, no, well, don't take it on. You don't need to if you're not that, don't take it on. You don't need to, you make a decision. Offence comes when you can't handle the truth. You know that word, that that uh, movie. You can't handle that truth. <laughs> That's it. Well, situations come. We come across now the example in John six um, with Jesus, who said some incredible words to the religious leaders and to the disciples. And it says in verse 60, it says, Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about that, he said to them, Does this offend you? So there are times when we come across words which may come from the pulpit or may come from another Christian and we don't understand it. It's not the time to get offended. It's a time to put it on the shelf. And just, you know, especially if it comes from the pauper or from some other Christian who gives, maybe comes alongside you. Put it on the shelf. Don't get offended. Just meditate on it. We don't need to get offended. Another example in Mark 4, 16, and of course that's the the parable of the sowers, and it talks about the seed that fell on stony ground and they endured for a season, but when persecution and affliction arose, for the word's sake, they got offended and they fell away. There's that separation, they fell away. Sometimes life deals pretty st- tough stuff to us, and it has a real impact on our life. And, and some take hold of offense, and everything they do has a colour of offense. Everything they view, they're ready to take offense that's sad I'm glad you're here I'm glad you're listening to the word because the word of God can set you free from all of that Amen that's the thing that will set you free the word of God as you take hold of it and of course the devil comes when you go out of here today and get in your car The the devil will come to try to rob you of the word of God He's out to steal, kill and destroy. He'll challenge the word which is spoken. You know, when you got born again, there's a little voice in your head that says, oh, you're not really born again. That was just something you did. When you get full with the Holy Spirit, the, the, the devil will say to you, yeah, yeah, that's just a put on. You, you're not really you know, speaking in tongues. That's just a bit, you know. That, the, um, you know, your challenge, Satan will challenge you every day because he hates you. But we have a greater strength in Christ. We can do all things. We can stand and take our place. So the effects of, of offence, offence will separate friends. There's, sometimes there's no talking. You know, even within your own relationship, no talkies. That's a, you're offended when you see someone coming in. You're offended with you go the other way. Go, I don't want to talk to them. Thank you very much. oh come on! I have done that. <laughs> Matthew twenty-four ten says, and then many will be offended, talking about the last days, and will betray one another, and will hate one another. Proverbs 18:19 says, it's harder to win back the friendship of an offended brother than to capture a fortified city. His anger shuts you out like iron bars. So here, offense is described like iron bars. Where we say, no, you can't get near me, I refuse to be close to you, or have any dealings with you. So if we take on offense, it has an impact on us in our relationship with God. What, how we deal with each other in this horizontal level, relationships, has an impact on our relationship with God. 1 John four twenty says, If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For who does not love his brother whom he has seen? How can he love God who has not seen? I'm, I'm running out of time. Well, now it's 11 o'clock. But I think this is important. Example of Job. Job, you know the, the story of Job and how he was inflicted Satan inflicted him with, and, and he lost his family. And then along, along comes three friends who started off being friends. They kept quiet for a number of days. That was good friendship. But then they started to talk to Job and, and Job got annoyed with them. And he got offended. But if you notice in the verses in uh, Job 42, something happened. It says, and the Lord restored restored. Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. So there's a principle there. God turned all those things around for Job when He prayed for his friends. So that's a little, little nugget for us. Offenses hinders hinder. God's anointing and calling. Because we, as I said, that example I gave you of that pastor, it can stop our offence. We decide. you know, We decide. Sometimes we, we kind of blame someone else or it's their fault that I'm like this. But we have decided. And it can stop the anointing of God. It stops the calling. It puts a Break on your, God's calling in your life because of, of offense. Another example was Moses. Moses, he, he was loved by God. He was so close to God, and God called him his close friend. But there was a time that he got offended at those Israelites who completely were whingers, as we used to say. They were a pack of whingers. They whinged and whinged and whinged and whinged. And there was a time when God said, look, they're whinging about water again. Now, I want you to do that rock there. Last, the first time you hit the rock with, the, with your rod, this time I just want you to speak to it. But Moses was offended and he hit the rock tw- twice. He disobeyed God because he was offended. It, those Israelites had an impact on his life. What happened? God says, okay, seeing you disobeyed me, you won't be crossing over to the promised land. See that? A, there is a pause or a stop on what God's calling because we walk in offence. So freedom from offence is essential for us to walk in victory in our life. And of course, I love the verse in 1 Corinthians 15, 57. It says, but... Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Not through our own ability, but it's only through our Lord Jesus Christ. So how do we overcome offence? We got to the good part. You guys are going okay? All right. (laughs) How do overcome offence? Be quick to forgive the faster we forgive the less opportunity there is for offense to develop forgiveness closes doors to satan's attacks and refuses to give him a foothold colossians 3:12 and 13 says therefore as the elect of god and that's you and me we are the elect of god holy and beloved Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also do. The Lord's desire and desires harmony and unity this year in the body of Christ. He wanted it last year as well. But being aware of it as we start the year, a new year's resolution. I'm not going to walk in offense. I'm going to walk in love in my relationships with my family, in relationships to the people in the, this church, my friends, my colleagues. I'm going to walk in love. I'm not going to be offended because offense is a waste of time. Also, walking in God's harmony brings blessing, and the word also talks about us being our prayers. We pray to God, they become effective as we walk in love. We all desire God's presence, as I said, in our lives. Well, this should be our motivation this year to walk in love. Forgiveness becomes a lifestyle. As soon as someone offends you, respond with forgiveness. Sometimes it's hard to forgive a person and sometimes we think, I can't do that, I can't do that. I'm not going to forgive him or her. But you can with a decision. Change your confession and say, yes, I, I can. I will forgive that person for hurting me. I can do it because God's spirit is in me. His love is in me and it enables me to forgive. Another way to overcome offense is to show respect for each other. Each person God sees, each one of you as precious and valuable, so should we. Each one of you are precious and valuable in God's sight. We show respect in our attitudes, the way we speak, our voice tone, our facial expressions, our body language and it's, that is a key to learning to disagree sometimes in a way which is agreeable. Not all of us are going to have the same thoughts. Most people do not mind if you have a different opinion as long as you don't rubbish theirs. Wisdom leads to peace and victory. Don't try to change or manipulate another person's opinion so it comes in line with yours. Treat others with respect and cover the offence in private, as Matthew 1.15 says. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. Another way is walking in humility. I know Pastor Tony was really keen to encourage us to walk in humility. You now, pride is a problem sometimes with us. Our rights, my right, etc. Pride. So pride is another problem, and the only way to fight pride is with humility. Pride defends, but humility agrees. Godly wisdom is willing to yield. It is not stubborn when it comes to personal conflict. A person permitted to uh, sorry, a person submitted to godly wisdom is not afraid to yield or defer to other persons' viewpoint, as long as it does not violate truth. Romans I'm just I'm I'm wrapping up now. My wife's going You're not offended? Okay. I'm I'm wrapping up now. Romans twelve eighteen it says, if it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. So as we move into 2017, the challenge is to walk in God's love, to abound more and more, to have a discernment, to not be reactive but responsive. Philippians 4, 5-9 is our, my final verses, and then I have a confession for you. It says... Finally brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report. If there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these. Amen? Meditate on these. Now I want you to say this confession after me. And we pray this to our Heavenly Father. Father, I am abounding more and more in your love and and in the knowledge and all discernment so that I can approve the things that are excellent. Being sincere and without offence till the day of Christ. I am filled with the fruits of righteousness by Jesus Christ. So you are glorified and praised through me. Amen. Thank you Lord, musicians. So today, the first day of 2017, this is the day of salvation for anyone who doesn't know Jesus or hasn't made him Lord. Anyone here today, I just speak to you that if you don't know Jesus as your Lord, today is your opportunity. I did that when I was 15 years old. It's a long time ago. But... My life changed at that point, and I've never been the same again. My old past negativeness about myself and what I've been told about who I was and I was no good, etc. God gave me a new life. I turned my life over to Him. Sure, I've taken over the driving seat sometimes and tried to do it my way. I know that God only had the best for me. And I invite those who don't know Jesus today, the opportunity for you to make a decision. Today, I will follow Jesus. And I recommend it today. That Jesus, through God, demonstrated his love. That you are precious and valuable no matter who you are. And he demonstrated his love by sending his son to pay the penalty for my sin and for your sin. So God's not mad at you anymore, but he wants a relationship with you today. This is your opportunity today. So what I want you to do, I want the congregation to repeat after me a prayer. And uh, if you, in your heart, want to know Jesus and let him become Lord of your life, that you no longer struggle trying to find out who you are and trying to find out what's the reason I'm here on earth. Well, walking with him and letting Jesus be Lord of your life will give you purpose in your life. So let's close our eyes and, and let's bow our heads and pray. Let's pray. Say after me, Father God, I thank you for sending your Son to die for me, taking my sin and giving me life, and giving me opportunity to live in newness of life. Jesus. I want you to be my Lord. I want you to take over my life. I believe that you, Father, raised Jesus from the dead. And I want you to be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at rhema.org.au. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.